Greetings before we begin our show for today. Just a little bit of announcement on a save the date, just because I've been able to book it. Father Brian Malady, who is of EWTN uh, and other Catholic resource uh, notoriety, Dominican preacher here in, in the West Coast, is coming back he, by popular demand. He's going to be giving a talk on the 17th of May for our Friends in Christ group, but anyone's welcome. That's a Thursday, 7 o'clock in the parish hall. He'll be particularly talking about the life of Christ during this time of Easter. We focus on the risen Christ in our midst, and Father Brian has just a wonderful way of weaving the gospel stories, particularly those stories around passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord into the fabric of our, our daily life and our own spirituality. So looking at kind of the historical Christ and how he comes alive in our life Father Brian Mullady, that'll be coming on the 17th of May at 7 o'clock in the evening. He gave last year a wonderful talk on Fatima, and in the and years past came uh, to talk about the year of mercy. So always uh, someone who is uh, well-versed in scripture and theology. theology. He himself uh, teaches moral theology, but also very pastoral in the sense of applying uh, those principles of theology into our daily rhythm of, of life. So something to look forward to and mark the date and save that date for you. Today's episode is a fantastic. We get into uh, the feast of the gospel writer Mark. Mark's gospel is the briefest, and so we're going to get right uh, to it, that sense of who Christ is uh, from the vantage point of St. Mark. So whether you're on the go or taking it slow, many blessings as you enjoy the show. Welcome back to St. Dominic's Weekly. I'm your host, Father Isaiah. With me is Father Michael. Happy feast day. Christ is risen. Truly, he is risen. I love how we get to say that all the way through the I Easter know, season. all the way. <laughs> it's a, at this point, I don't say we're getting tired of it, but definitely it's definitely great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be tired of the resurrection. Yelling to each other across a <laughs> hallway, and it's always actually a good thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And certainly by the time we're listening to this, we will be, at least I will be wending my way back from a pilgrimage, so I think the next the next couple episodes uh, perhaps we'll be uh, maybe hitting on some of the highlights of that. But for this week, we've got a particular feast uh, this the, Wednesday. Yeah, it's the Feast of St. Mark, of course, the Evangelist, this coming Wednesday. Um, as we're recording this, of course, you're coming back by the time we're going to be celebrating this feast day on um, Wednesday, the, 20th, the 25th of April. So... So what about if we just talk about the life of St. Mark? You, you mean um, where this is not a live recording where you're where where I'm on a I'm on my uh, phone on the from the airplane and we're, that, that would be, we could we could just we could start over and just pretend that we're we're you know you start with live from <laughs> from, from live from, from the from Venice the, Airport from the Venice Airport <laughs> exactly that's right live from <laughs> live from the friendly skies we're we're call it's a call in you could you make like sound effects like we're. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's a blustery up here. We got we got low visibility. <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> anyway, no. So this is this is pre-recorded uh, uh, for for uh, Bilgrim's sake. But but the feast of Saint Mark is one mm -hmm. of those powerful feasts and one of the four mm -hmm. evangelists. The great insight yeah. into the life of who Jesus is and his identity. What's interesting about Mark himself is that he himself wasn't one of the twelve. That's right. He's, He's considered an evangelist and not necessarily. One of the chosen apostles, right? Yeah, so. yeah. Hmm. And it's interesting over the over the um, Holy Week time, we were listening to uh, the the, the Treora uh, by mm -hmm. Robert Barron, who came and gave us our uh, priestly uh, talks for that right. Holy Thursday mm -hmm. day. And one of the things that I was reminded of is the little uh, 
derivation of the word evangelization or mm-hmm. evangelium, as we as That's we right. call the, the the good news of the gospel, exactly, yeah. and how it has this history in in war military, exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And because there's this idea that uh, the evangelion is the good news that's proclaimed of victory. Yeah. So when it, when the when the general goes out and he proclaims it and and he, he conquers victorious, right. he sends runners back to base camp and ultimately back to the city yes. proclaiming the the victory of a particular general over whatever enemy. Yeah. But it, here, I mean he, and, he and it's called literally the good news. The it's good called news. the evangelion. evangelion. What what they mm-hmm. bring is literally the good news. Yeah. And so the gospel begins. This is the lo evangelion, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the good news, the good news of Kyrios, the Lord yes, of and, the Lord. And when you talk, we're about not Kyrios, talking about Caesar. That's yeah, the thing. exactly. Yeah. So anyone who in the first century would have been reading uh, this text would have seen that or heard heard that in a military, yeah, exactly, political ear, right? Because those are words used for. Political military mm-hmm. things, Evangelion yeah. for good news, and Kyrios, Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, this was the idea that um, Lord is with me, the emperor. And exactly. Yeah. When uh, Augustus comes to the throne after the assassination of Caesar, he does a mm-hmm. very shrewd thing. One of many things he does, yeah. but he declares Caesar God, mm-hmm. and he, as his adopted son, now claiming the throne, becomes the son of the god. son right. of mm-hmm. the god. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so here we have Augustus, the son of the god, who promulgates Evangelium in when he conquers. Right. Mark begins with yeah. this as whether well, okay, use the word edgy or revolutionary, yeah. but very charged language yeah. that almost has a military exactly. import that says, "Here's the good news." of our Lord Jesus, the Son yeah. of God. And so you've got this whole like turning upside down of who Christ is going to be. He's yeah, not exactly, going to be, yeah. this kingdom is not of this world, but he's coming from <laughs> heaven, if you will, uh, to transform this world. Yeah. And especially when you read the gospel, it's a, you ver- have a lot of terse language, a very fast pace, and the fact that with the gospel, it's, dare I say, uh, kind of, it's militaristic in that sense as well, like of, of the victories of the king, but not, but a, in a completely inverse sort of way. Yeah, no, it, it definitely has an efficiency and kind of right. Mm-hmm. It's like you're right. It's like almost like a reporting. Mm-hmm. The, the narrative is not as perhaps descriptive as mm-hmm. uh, some of the other gospels. So there's no right. account of it. I mean, it literally just begins with the preaching of John the Baptist and then from there. Yeah. Jesus himself. So there's there's yeah. n- there's there's not, no narrative. There's, uh, n- there's uh, no nativity narrative. Yeah. So we wouldn't know if we just had the Gospel of Mark, you'd lose out on when Jesus was how he was born, mm-hmm. John the Baptist was born, any of the Marian insights. Right. There's no there's there's yeah. nothing about uh, the stories about Mary yeah. per se. No shepherds. No star. Yeah. Exactly. And and many of the uh, different parables that we've become so familiar with are not just simply present in the gospel of mark but that's yeah. not to, to to say it's it's lacking but what it does because it has a kind of focus it focuses on this new kind of leader what mm-hmm. kind of leader is just going he's going to be the son of god and not uh, not a political way but kingdom yeah. he's going to be a particularly um he's going to be a, a king who's come to serve in that sense right. of service mm-hmm. and servant yeah. really kind of shapes all of the the, the mark right. and la- narrative and as long as we were hinting on military efficiency and straightforwardness, the name Mark, 
mm-hmm. actually oh, yeah. comes from the it d- derives from the god Mars, right? So mm-hmm. the, the name Mark means son of the god, or at least um, the one who is devoted to or dedicated to Mars, uh, that god of the god of war, and so. Mm-hmm. The name Mars means warlike. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly, so, yeah. so you've got even in, in the name, uh, which is Latin, you've got uh, this sense of uh, champion. Right. <laughs> one mm-hmm. who's declaring victory right. of this new kind of, of, of leader. But in terms of the story, the backstory, mm-hmm. the who Mark is, mm-hmm. not one of the apostles. Right. No one who he didn't necessarily meet Jesus. Mm-hmm but who comes later on the scene of the preaching of the gospel. I think we yeah. covered this with Barnabas, right? Uh, but yeah. we can maybe uh, maybe kind of share the story again. It's one of my uh, favorite stories of uh, historical community life. Right, yeah. <laughs> because you, they were cousins, weren't they? Yeah, so Barnabas, of course, his name means son of encouragement, and John Mark, who was traditionally thought to be the evangelist as well, mm-hmm. the one who tells the good news. They're cousins. Barnabas is a little bit older, and it kind of comes on the scene at a time when Barnabas had been shepherding uh, Saul, who's now St. Paul, right, Mm -hmm. into the Christian community. So you've got the the great persecution of Saul, then his conversion, then the three years of desert retreat experience. He comes back (laughs) to Jerusalem, and everyone's like, okay, what do we do with this guy? And Barnabas says, hey, I got this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in Antioch, he says, "Hey, I'll take I'll take a trip as a kind of a fundraising mission with Paul," right. and he brings along his little cousin. Yeah, exactly, John yeah. Mark to kind of go with them. Mm-hmm. And this is where Mark uh, has a kind of uh, crisis of, of uh, if not faith, at least yeah. perseverance in the journey. So he goes home. It's uh, there's yeah. persecution that's there. Paul almost gets killed, yeah. stoned within an inch of his life. They're kind of persecuted, not really welcome in town. Mark is young, doesn't maybe have the the, uh, the, the fortitude right. uh, to continue. So he, he goes home. They complete the mission. They come back, very successful. Mark tries to jump in on the journey number two. Yeah. Paul says, yeah. no, I'm thinking no. <laughs> Not this guy. <laughs> so Barnabas steps up and says, hey, let's uh, give this guy a second chance kind of thing. Um, it's interesting. I was in, in doing some research, uh, I think it's in the Navarra Bible, uh, is a little bit shy about thinking that uh, Mark is a cousin of Barnabas, thinks mm-hmm. it might be associated with another Mark. But the reason they did it kind of jumped out because they said, well, if if Barnabas and Mark are cousins, the fact that Barnabas shepherds, you know, kind of leaves Paul, let Paul go on his own journey and kind of takes custody and encouragement from Mark would be just, would diminish Barnabas uh, because it would just be kind of nepotism. And I thought, mm. that, I, I was kind of scared about that. I, yeah, I'm always going to stand up and this become a Barnabas podcast again or episode. But, yeah, I, you know. but, but I, I don't understand why Barnabas was always the champion for the underdog. So just yeah, because his cousin doesn't mean that Paul was set up. He was ready to go. He didn't need the encouragement. I mean, Barnabas had kind of helped him to get established and started. Paul, Paul was going to yeah. get connected with Timothy and Titus. Yeah. He, he had, you know, he was, he was Paul coming had to a his different, people. Yeah, he yeah. had his people, right? So he, yeah. was, he was good to go. So Barnabas being with his, you know, shepherding, even if it was his cousin, doesn't show that he chose family over principle. Yeah, it, sh- it, sh- it shows that he has a keen interest in encouraging those who are kind of a little bit downtrodden or at least, yeah. you know, needed a second chance like yeah. Paul himself needed. And uh, always, whenever anyone says that there's a sense of... Um, Family, There's, nepotism has a bad name, and certainly uh, if you're choosing uh, family over others simply because they were family and there's no sense of virtue or principle involved, that's not necessarily a good thing. But 
even Thomas Aquinas will say that there are people that we have a sense of responsibility, mm-hmm. that there's a duty of love <laughs> that we have to some people that we don't have yeah. to others, right? So we ought to love our fam- family in a different way than we love a stranger. It doesn't mean we don't love everyone in a sense uh, fully or equally, but right. it, but not necessarily the same, right? So 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 once again, that was just a little a little parenthetical that got me a little. So my blood loyal. I was like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Yeah. Come on, Navarre Come Bible. On, man. Come on, you don't diminish barbers. But but I think that's good context coming back to Mark yeah. for understanding that the gospel of Mark is written from a perspective of uh, John Mark interviewing people who right. would have yeah. Jesus, people who knew basically collecting stories, exactly, yeah. putting them together in a very efficient, streamlined way. But the themes of suffering mm-hmm. and Christ as the suffering servant and Christ as a servant yeah. of all would have perhaps emerged from his own sense of struggle with suffering exactly. early on when he mm-hmm. kind of abandoned uh, the mission and then had yeah. to come back and was kind of given a second chance. And his, in other words, even though it's, has, it's not a, certainly an autobiographical uh, text in any way, you yeah. don't really get much insight into it. And he's not, that's not the point. Mark yeah. isn't trying to tell his life story. He's trying to tell Christ's life yeah, story. Exactly. But, but every, every text is somehow tinged by the author writing yeah, it, exactly. right? It can't Precisely. help yeah. but be formed by the author himself. And so we might say something about Mark himself from the fact that he focuses on Christ from the aspect of Christ who is this champion, this, this king, this conqueror mm-hmm. who uh, comes in a very, conquers in a very unique way through, exactly. his, through his loving service, through that idea of him suffering Exactly. And ultimately dying, which which explains one of the themes, one of the curious themes in the Gospel of Mark that just jumps out at you, mm-hmm. is called the Messianic secret. Oh, it's a secret. You, you got a secret right. for me? You want to tell me a secret? You got a secret? That Jesus is God. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> 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 well, it's out of the cat's out of the bag. Sorry, <laughs> the Lord's not really. But <laughs> no. So, so uh, this re- recurring theme in the Gospel of Mark, which yeah. in uh, at a time when we're talking about as a church. You know, we were meant to radiate the joy of the gospel, exactly. meant to magnify the word, preach this new evangelization, right? Exactly, yeah. What, the theme what, of the parish community. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's all. It seems odd when Jesus in the gospel of Mark will say, he says more than once over and over, he'll say, uh, after a miracle, he says, don't tell don't anyone about this, this, right? Yeah. And in fact, one time when he, um, I forget, it was, it's one of the healings where he says, don't share this, and then the person goes and shares it, and then yeah. he's not able to do any more ministry because yeah. he's just being flocked like a rock star, yeah. and he can't kind of go around un- unencumbered. Yeah. But there's this idea of the messianic secret. What? Why? Why does Jesus say early on that uh, he doesn't want to make a big fuss over things? He just simply wants to have a, a certain amount of anonymity towards that. And perhaps in a the theological way, one of the dimensions to the messianic secret mm-hmm. is contextual for that moment and is that Mark is trying to both alert the reader, but also as Jesus is teaching his disciples, that don't let the miracles get in the way of the message. In other right. words, you know, sometimes you give a homily and you use a wonderful example or story. Yeah. And the the only thing people can remember is the story. So yeah. hopefully the story is the same as the message. But yeah. if it's if it's just a if you just tell a joke that has nothing yeah. to do with people are like, Oh, that's that's the time you did <laughs> did the joke. It's like or I'll Thanks. give you an example of this. It's when I one time I was talking about gosh, now now I can't even necessarily remember this is a good good idea of what the the overall theme of the homily was. Yeah. But there was a parenthetical moment 
when I said this is the reason oh, we're talking about offering. That's right. It was the O I L offering. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's right. So it was it was the parable of the of the virgins. That's oh, the that's idea. right. Yeah. Anyway, as a, just a parenthetical in that homily, I said this is the reason when we come to offer our gifts to the Lord, we bring up gifts of bread and wine, even though the church supplies them. You know, it's not like people bring you know, bread and wine right. to every mass, but it's kind of a symbolic rate. And that's what we use for the Eucharist, that idea of you should be offering your hearts. This is why when we offer bread and wine, this is why we take a collection at that moment, right? right, right. The collection is not the index of how wonderful you like the homily, right? You said, you know, oh, oh this, this homily, yeah, the, it wasn't that inspiring. That's, that's a five th- spot. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a dollar. That's a quarter. That's a quarter. <laughs> well, 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 most homilies, if, if that were true, I think most homilies would be, a, at least a, in most parishes, would be rated a dollar because that's what people give, a dollar. Yeah, that's so. true, yeah. But, so parenthetically, in the homily, I said, by the way, just in case you're wondering, this is a $100 homily that I'm giving right now. Yeah, just exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. So I just made this little parenthetical kind of thing. Well, the response I got from that parenthetical kind of thing was... How'd the collection do that weekend? It, it did. We <laughs> literally got... I was told... I, I don't got the collection, but I was told we got $1,400, $100 bills, which is not usual. <laughs> so so that little caveat, which I, I may trot back, it became, in the minds of some, the $100 homily, right, right. which is fine, but... You That's not even, the point. The, yeah. the point was... <laughs> <laughs> it had nothing yeah. to really to do with anything else. So you got to be careful. Yeah. As a preacher, I just have to know if you do something like that, <laughs> you have to you have to hopefully tie it to actually the point you're making, or else it gets yeah. lost. Well, the same thing for Christ. Right. Exactly. That idea that the miracles themselves, mm-hmm. the astonishment of restoring someone's sight, right. bringing someone who can't walk into full mobility, the idea of having touching someone's ears and they being able to hear for exactly, the first yeah. time. That the wonder and astonishment of the miracle itself would get in the way of that message, which mm-hmm. was simply that the Son of Man has come yeah. not to be served, yeah, but exactly. to serve right. and to give his life as a ransom. That is, if you will, Mark in one line. And it's unique to that Mark in Gospel where you have Jesus, who is that servant, who unlike any other political power or anyone mm-hmm. in leadership who would have at least the drive to dominate. Mm-hmm. He says for him, it's, there's a reversal, right? Th- right that he's exactly. a servant. And so don't get hung up on the miracles. Prove that he has the power. They kind of, yeah. his bona fides, right? It's kind of like establishes, mm-hmm. I'm one who could claim leadership. I'm one who definitely yeah. has power. But don't get distracted by or don't just be invested in right. the wonder of the miracle. But... Keep following. Keep going. Yeah. Let's let's not let let's 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 keep it kind of on the down low. Exactly. Yeah. Until I manifest that true image of power, which is on the cross. Right. Exactly. So in the Gospel of John, this is named a different one, where Jesus keeps saying, "My hour has not yet come." Exactly. Yeah. Right. So in the Gospel of John, there's not the messianic secret. There's not mm-hmm. the sense of Jesus telling people, "Hush, hush." But he's he's whenever there's a miracle, ask like when Mary says, "Jesus, they have no more wine." His response is. What does it have to do with that? that my yeah. hour has not yet yeah. come. And the mm-hmm. hour is that hour of salvation on the cross. Exactly. So, so yeah. the equivalent in the Gospels, if you go cross-Gospel from the Synoptics, which is mm-hmm. Mark and, the, and uh, of course, Matthew Mark, and Luke, yeah. mm-hmm. and then John, the, the, the uh, great uh, Gospel, the fourth Gospel, is this messianic secret slash mm-hmm. kind of like the hour or the kind right. of temporal language in which Christ's preaching is at the service of exactly. that moment of suffering and death. So that's unique. And, and I, I do have to wonder, and of course, scripture scholars, so in terms of 
uh, their own investigation and looking at textual analysis and narrative criticism and all sorts. Yeah, wonder all about it, lenses. but I kind of look along these lines. But what's also always fascinating to me is to try to connect what we know perhaps about the life of of uh, John Mark and yeah. his own sense of preaching and what it says about who he comes to encounter Christ as in his own gospel. I mean, that's a fascinating point. You bring up the fact that um, John Mark, his own suffering, his own humiliation and of abandoning Paul and Barnabas that really informed him of how to write the gospel, um, especially how he saw um, Barnabas, Paul, and Peter, who um, his uh, tradition has it was one of his primary sources, Peter being one of the primary sources of the gospel of Mark in the first place. Um, because of uh, Peter's uh, kind of centrality within the narrative. No, exactly. And then that's that highlights, and once again, it highlights where the, the sources he gets. He's going to Rome, right? He's going right. to mm-hmm. places where, where the kind of the, the basic uh, gospel, the, char- uh, the charisma, as it's mm-hmm. called, is, is, uh, is there. So the gospel of Mark, it's, it's, and the nice thing about Mark in terms of spirituality, it's a, it's a good gospel to, to read in a short amount of time because it's the briefest of all gospels, right? Yeah. So when someone says you kind of just want to get the uh, basic overview of the gospel, <laughs> exactly, yeah. right? It can be it, it can be uh, quite engaging and accessible because yeah. of its its brevity. It kind of goes and exciting right to too. It. Yeah, no, yeah. For, for for sure. In fact, yeah. in fact, I think you uh, maybe tra- quick transition to the pick of the week. Yeah, you had uh, I know you've recommended before. I don't think I've done Mark, but I did. Uh, I think it was, it was 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 one was it Matthew that we were talking about before? Yeah, yeah. In terms of oh no, it was Mark because this was the year of Mark for for the gospel cycle, uh, listening to the gospels. Yeah. Uh, so on yeah. form.org, to, on to, to, form? to to reset form.org, we have uh, that availability of all kinds of audiobooks and uh, series and ebooks. And Father Isaiah, you had found a wonderful gospel collection for us. Why don't yeah. you remind us of that? Yeah. So the, the, there's an audio file where you have. Um, the Gospels and the Acts of the Apostles, uh, very dramatically read, very well produced. Um, it's called the Truth and Life Bible, Truth and Life. And they have all the Gospels, including the Gospel of Mark. It's, a, it's very easy to go through. And, um, um, and uh, it's just, it was a beautiful uh, listening to during my own Lenten, uh, Lenten journey. So there it is. So Truth and Life, Truth. the Gospel according to Mark. There we go. Yeah, and that's the one we had listened to. And it, mm-hmm. as I'm looking at the icon or the imagery for Mark. Oh, I yeah. S- what do I see there? You see a winged, winged lion. A right great there. big winged lion from Venice. Yeah. That looks like the one from Venice the, yeah. the, where, where his uh, remains are, Mark, traditionally thought to be buried mm-hmm. in the Great Basilica in Venice on the bucket. We went to Italy two years ago, Yeah, but we didn't get to Venice, but that uh, that's a place it could definitely uh, to go to investigate some of the, the Catholic treasures and riches there. So that's next year's pilgrimage. There you go. <laughs> Part <laughs> <see>. three. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, why? Why a winged lion? Dive deep. Let's, let's dig deep on some of the imagery there. What's what is what are some of the sources of this imagery? My first reaction to it was the fact that uh, that it's a allusion to the Lion of Judah, one of mm. my favorite images of of uh, Old Testament images uh, of the Lord Jesus Himself. But and also, that, and that goes back to the when you talk about Judah, one of the mm-hmm. the sons of, mm-hmm. of Jacob, yeah, right, and then who gets that blessing. Yeah. That he's going to be from his tribe, yeah, comes or his family, yeah. mm-hmm. the Messiah will come. Imagine yeah. that. To imagine you say your great 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 grandson is going yeah. to be <laughs> that from yeah. from the Judah, um, and so that that sense of of imagery of the the, mm-hmm. the the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yeah. So, but also too that I believe tradition says that it's also from um, 
John the Baptist itself, right, of how John um, is portrayed in the Gospel of Mark as one of the first things John says was um, he points out Jesus in a very kind of lion-esque sort of way. Yeah, I think it's just the very first, uh, we, we could probably hit play on Mark, but the, mm-hmm. I think literally the first words are uh, that St. Mark presents are a voice crying out in the desert as of a roar of a lion. So there's right. this, this sense in which John the Baptist proclaims Jesus um, like the, the lion roaring in the desert. So you've got that, that imagery of um, one who has power. Let's think of mm-hmm. that sense of power, you know, the king of the beast, right? right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to talk about the king, a different kind of king, a right. different kind Definitely. of like mm-hmm. a, a king who serves. Uh, and then finally, I think that idea of the, the wings. Yeah, the wings themselves, yeah. Um, point, point to Christ's divinity usually exactly. in terms mm-hmm. of uh, that idea of, of a lion that has power but has, if you will, the marks of, we get this, this goes kind of go full circle to that that exactly. sense of the the, the Kyrios, yeah. uh, the the one who is who is uh, Caesar, if you will, the, the king yeah. uh, of, of 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 the Jews of of the uh, of the world. Yeah, but it also goes also to uh, the iconography between the Old and New Testament of, um, I think it's in the prophet. Uh, Ezekiel, I believe. Oh, yeah, Ezekiel. The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The four the, living the, creatures. Yeah, the four living yeah. creatures, exactly, yeah. with four so, faces. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that's the, and if you, in St. Dominic's, if you look at the ambo, the, the place from which the gospel yeah. is read, and the preaching happens and the readings are given, carved into mm-hmm. the stone around that beautiful ambo are the four gospel evangelists, but with the yeah. iconography of the four yeah. living creatures, yeah. each having one side being, you know, the angel or the man and the lion and, and, then and the, the ox, ox yeah. and then the eagle for, for John. So mm-hmm. the, so Mark is, is the great lion yes. uh, yeah. of the tribe of Judah in that way. Um, yeah. Other themes from, from the gospel of Mark that you, that you want to uh, hit upon, because there's certainly, it has, it certainly has a sense of um, being, uh, brief, efficient. There's this kind of uh, champion. Christ is the, as the as the great uh, Caesar, the King, who yeah. comes to serve the, the, the servant. Where the Son of Man has, well, as I said, the Mark ten forty five. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life for the ransom of many. The messianic secret, which highlights the necessity and the uh, uh, importance, significance of of, of 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 the cross as being. Um, Central to the Gospel of Mark, but other other things in the Gospel of Mark that uh, that uh, come to mind. I alluded to before, but Mark is the most action-packed of the four. There's mm. um like virtually every other paragraph has a word like suddenly or and then. Mm. Or, so it was um very action-oriented. That's why I was thinking about like Mark being kind of martial. In gotcha. That way. So it's a lot of lot of action verbs. A lot of action verbs. <laughs> a lot of hard There are all these things happening too, and Jesus doing a lot of things, but all of these things happening to to Jesus. Um, of the four, dare I say that the Gospel of Mark is more like an action movie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> in that way. It's, 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 it's the easily. script is easy to write. <laughs> exactly. So, so it has a, a kind of easy translation yeah. to, to to script in a way. Yeah. No, yeah. it's it is, and it, it has certainly. That idea of once again going back to that that sense of uh, Christ uh, being the, his goal. He came to die. Like mm-hmm. he's on a mission from God, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And he's come to die. Not in the sense of he has a like a suicide wish. No, but no, no. He's come to uh, to show God's love, but to show that our God. And I said this on Holy Thursday, but it's it's really kind of we see this in different gospels in different ways. But he has, has the heart of a servant. Our God yeah. mm-hmm. has the heart of a servant. And the Markine account, the Markin account of yeah. Christ is the king who has the heart of a servant. Yeah.
for it's us. Close. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, Father Michael, it's been so much fun to do this recording again, to do this podcast. Uh, uh, we thank you for the. We thank God for your safe arrival. Of course, we're doing this in a very postmodern sort of way. <laughs> the, the, no, the plane is right now. As, as I'm looking out the window here in the plane, it's we're we're, we're, we're soaring at thirty thousand. We've got we've got the visibility during the, the time we've been chatting here is, is has gone up. There's a the 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 canned air is is not stifling. It's, they've ta- they've taken uh, with the winds the, the the great southern winds from Hawaii and and somehow uh, been able to can these and and uh, give a sweet sweet breeze as as we go through the plane and and I'll be ready for for a great big nap. As we we go across oh, uh, <laughs> go across several time zones here, but but no, we we should be uh, back on track next week with yeah. a, with a, with a wonderful episode. As we come to the uh, next week, we um, we'll have first communions, and we're coming to the, the those great feasts that yeah. culminate yeah. Easter. Uh, and so, as we uh, continue then uh, to know how how is it that if one wanted to uh, to help us out on the podcast, what would one do? Yeah, if you want to help out the podcast, of course you can listen and subscribe. You can uh, give us a rating on iTunes. You can tell your friends and family about the podcast, and and have us have subscribers and listeners of the podcast from all over the world. Very good. And so, as we launch into this uh, very uh, culmination of our Easter season, may you continue to radiate the joy of the gospel here. In the heart of the city. Amen. Amen.